This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomoto, NPR. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Hello and welcome to Amazing Grace. I pray you'll be blessed by my program today. My name is Warren. Here at Amazing Grace we would love to hear from you. If you have a question for us or would like to make a comment on something that I've said or something that we have said, I don't hesitate to contact us. We're also giving away a book called Steps to Jesus and also The Desire of Ages, which is a, a book about the story of Jesus' life and so I will be reading from that a little later in the program and I think you'll find that it's a very spiritual a very spiritual book um, and I've been really blessed by reading it a number of times and so I'm going to read from that and I'm sure that uh, if you'd like your own copy to read um, we'd be happy to post that out to you. Now you can contact us in a couple of ways. The first way is by email and the email address is triple nine amazing grace at gmail dot com. That's nine 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 amazing grace and amazing grace is only one G at gmail dot com. Or more simply you could text or call us on O two seven two two nine six six two four. That's O two seven two two nine six six two four. All right, um listeners, let's start today's program with prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity uh, to share your word, uh, to share some thoughts with our listeners today uh, about the world and where it's going, about who you are and your love for your people. And so, Father, we just pray for your blessing upon the listeners and their families, asking this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're going to, our devotion is obviously going to be brought by myself, and I've entitled it Still More Time. And I'm going to use the verse uh, Romans 8. 38 and 39. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit from and found nothing. Then he said to the dresser of the vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down, why cumbereth at the ground? Luke thirteen six and 7. The owner of the vineyard says, This tree is filling the place that a useful tree might occupy. When a tree has lots of foliage but no fruit, 
the first tendency could be, well, let it alone. It is not doing any damage. But according to this parable, it is doing damage because it is robbing the world of the blessing of another tree that might bring forth fruit. It misrepresents God in the world and is not merely useless, but it's also a hindrance. In the climax to the story, when the drama seems particularly tense and you wonder whether this tree is going to be cut down or not, there is this argument from the dresser. He does not argue that the master's statement isn't true. It is true, and he admits it. But he says, let it alone this year. Give it a little more time. To I shall dig it about and dress it or put some fertilizer about it. God and Jesus are together here, the Father and the Son, in unity of purpose. And this is a dialogue between them. Shall we cut it down? Shall we? And they say, no, we will not cut it down. Instead, we will let it alone this year. We'll try something else. We'll give it more advantage. So listen, friend, do you feel that you have just about gone to your limit and that all you deserve is to be cut down? Here you have the evidence of God's judgment concerning you and his day of mercy and grace. And he says about you, let let it alone. Give that young person, give that older person who has bartered away God's grace for years, give him another year, and then another one after that, and then another. Man cuts off quicker than God does. What a God we serve. He doesn't treat us humans as we treat each other but continues to offer his mercy and love. And, you know, there does come a point where mercy no longer pleads, and there's a couple of things that can cause that. One is our death, um, and the other is when Jesus returns. So mercy is still pleading for you, my friend. And, you know, no matter how far you've gone away from God, It is always only one step back, just one step. Take one step towards the Saviour, my friend, and you will find his arms open wide. You see, he died for you, and he's coming back, and he longs to have you live with him forever in his forever kingdom. You know, this world can't offer you very much. It's very short-term, And really, it's just a mirage. It looks great from the outside, but when you get there, it's like chasing a rainbow. You can never quite get to the end of it. Friends, Jesus is promising that one step towards him, and he will open his arms wide. When I see my brother stumble And all his dreams crumble Let me be there For I to fail And when I see his heart breaking 
From a wrong turn he's taking Let me be there For I remember well I want to spend my life Mending broken people I want to spend my Lord, let my words heal a heart that hurts. I want to spend my life mending broken people. When I see a life that's broken Lord, give me words that should be spoken For I well remember the pain And when I see teardrops falling, Lord Remind me of my calling Help me restore their faith in you I want to spend my life Mending broken people I want to spend my Listening to Amazing Grace here on Manawatu People's Radio. Okay, as we do at this time of our program, we have our health tip of the week. And as I've been saying, we're going through the acronym New Start. And today we've got up to W. So we did nutrition. Last week we did exercise. And this time we're going to do water, the importance of water. And you know, um, I think it's pretty much a no-brainer. Everybody knows that that water is good for them. Um, and and so we're going to just talk to you, and this is for me. I know that while I knew things were good and I knew things were bad, it was when I realized what the bad things were doing to my body and what the good things were doing to my body, it made a difference for me. I don't know why, but for some people, uh, we're like that. We, we need to actually know what it's doing and what it's not doing. Um, so I'm just going to look at 10 benefits of drinking water. Um, you know, there are some people that say, well, I just don't like the taste. And look, I have to say that I did struggle with that for a while too. But, you know, your palate does change. And, um, you know, sometimes it just means getting a filter um, on at home, a water filter, uh, buying bottled water. Some people find that they don't they don't want to spend money on water. Um so yeah, like a, a filter at home is good. Or the other thing that um, that I do is I put um, 
I put a quite a big squirt of lemon juice, roses, lemon juice into my water, and it just gives it that little bit of a tang. Um, my wife actually put she cuts lemon and puts it in. Uh, it doesn't keep so long when you do it that way. Uh, probably only keeps about one day, but but nevertheless, it gives a bit of a bit of a zing, um, you know. And you can add all sorts of things uh, just to make it. Uh, um, to make it tasty, you know, I've heard, I heard a, f- a friend of mine once said, well, yeah, what I like to add to my water is whiskey. Um, but no, we don't suggest that you do that. Uh, we suggest that you um, you drink water with something, you know, healthy with it. So let's have a look at 10 benefits of drinking water. Okay. It increases energy and it relieves fatigue. You know, it's... It's just, it's just really a no-brainer. Since your brain is mostly water, drinking it helps you think, focus, and concentrate better and be more alert. As an added bonus, your energy levels are also boosted. You see, it's like you know um, a vehicle or a car or a truck. You know, cars are generally meant to run on petrol, and when you use the right petrol, they run well. You put the wrong petrol in, or you put something else in and you'll find it doesn't run so well. Uh, same as a truck, you know, if you put uh, you don't put the right fuel in or it gets there's a bit of gets a bit dirty, um, you'll have problems. And so it is with our body. You know, God made us to to drink water. And so when we drink water, it actually our body works the most efficient. And so it does both of those things. It uh, helps us to focus and concentrate better and be more more alert um, and also it boosts your energy level. It promotes weight loss. And how does it do that? It removes byproducts of fat, reducing reduces eating intake, reduces hunger, raises your metabolism and has zero calories. Wonderful to find something that has zero calories, isn't it? Well, that's water. There's no calories at all, and yet, you know, it's one of the most healthy things that uh, that we can that we can have. You know, um, I, I suppose we were just thinking about um, humans. You know, the most important thing for human beings, obviously, is air, oxygen. Uh, we can't we can't survive without it at all. But then the next important thing is water. Um, did you know that uh, when people go to war, the most important things that they are given is ammunition and water, and that's because you can fight, you can fight for days. Um, and I'm just thinking, obviously, what's taking place in Russia at the moment, uh, not in Russia, actually in uh, Ukraine, but uh, between Russia and Ukraine, and that is what the troops are given: ammunition and water. And um, they can go for days. But, uh, you know, you can give them food, but if they don't have water, they don't go too long. So it's really important. Um, it also, the third thing is it helps to flush, flush out toxins. It gets rid of uh, waste through the sweat and through urination, which reduces the risk of kidney stones and UTIs. So we can see there's a lot of reasons already starting to back up to drink water. 
it improves skin complexion. And now I notice this in myself. When I drink lots of water, my skin just looks better and I look younger. Um, and, you know, I've had people even say that to me, you know, I've made comments about the fact that I look younger on particular days. But it always has to do with me drinking water. Your complexion, it just your skin just looks better when you drink water. It improves skin complexion. Um, and so it gets rid of wrinkles. Um, it moisturizes your skin and it keeps it soft and glowing. It's the best anti-aging treatment around. Absolutely. Um, it ma- maintains regularity. Aids in digestion as water is essential to digest your food and prevents constipation. And I have to have to admit that, you know, many years ago I used to struggle with constipation. Um, one of the reasons was that I was, wasn't eating enough fiber in my diet, uh, which I improved. But when I started drinking water, well, what a difference. Um, you know, I don't ever suffer from constipation. I drink a lot more fiber in my diet and I drink a lot more water, and so I don't have problems with with constipation. Six, it boosts your immune system, and, you know, with the coronavirus, the COVID around, um, we want our immune system to be as strong as possible. So a person that drinks lots of water is much less likely to get sick. And who would who wouldn't rather feel healthy the majority of the time? Drinking plenty of water helps fight against flu, cancer, and other ailments like heart attacks and strokes. And uh, I'm not going to share the information that I did, um, but they say trying to avoid a stroke, one of the best ways is to drink water. So they say, I think, a glass before you go to bed. Now, some people say, well, you'll have to get up during the night and go to the toilet. Well, you may have to, but honestly, it may prevent you um, from having a stroke in the middle of the night. And when the problem is when you have a stroke in the middle of the night, some people, especially if you sleep on your own and uh, you're not really totally aware of it, it's only a mild one, by the time you wake up the next morning, you will found that your opportunity to go to the hospital and for them to give you, I don't know what it is, but they give you something that... that uh, helps to alleviate the symptoms of stroke. Um, yeah, so your stroke and, and heart attacks. Um, so they say a glass before bed, a glass as soon as you get up, definitely a glass of water before you have a shower. Uh, if you're going to have a hot shower, what happens is the blood thickens up because of the heat. And so when we drink a glass of water, that just helps to thin down our blood just enough. Um, So, yeah, a lot of other reasons that it's good. It's a natural headache remedy, and uh, it helps with migraines and even back pains too for some people, which has been caused by dehydration. Um, You know, when I get a headache, if it's a migraine, probably just drinking water is not going to probably stop it. But if it's just an ordinary headache, and I can generally tell because my eyes go blurry if it's going to be a migraine. But if it's just a um, a headache, 
I have about a glass of water about every five minutes. And usually after about the fourth glass, um, you notice the headache is starting to go away. So really, um, water does help with uh, relieving and preventing headaches. It prevents cramps and sprains. Um, so if you have hydration, it helps keep joints lubricated and muscles more elastic so that joint pain is less likely. Okay, it puts you in a good mood. When the body is functioning at its best, you will feel great and be happy. Ten, saves money. Water is free. Well, you know, most of it is, maybe not bottled. Um, and that's the good thing about having your own filter is that, you know, okay, it's going to cost you uh, a filter every year, but it's still very cheap. Um, in comparison with a lot of things that people spend on uh, drink, uh, whether it be fizzy drinks, soda-type fizzy drinks, which are definitely a bit of a no-no, not good for you. So anyway, those are the 10 reasons that we've looked at today of why it's important to drink water. So I'll just quickly go over them again. It increases energy and relieves fatigue. It promotes weight loss. It flushes out toxins and improves skin complexion. It maintains regularity, boosts immune system, natural headache remedy, prevents cramps and sprains, puts you in a good mood, and it saves you money over some of the things you know that that uh, you could um, drink. You know, I see some people drinking some drinks. Um, you know, these energy drinks, um, they cost quite a lot of money and really they're just full of caffeine, which gives you a boost, but probably after about an hour it, it just drops you. But anyway, you will find that water is much better for you. And so um, we encourage you to drink water. Carry on. 
is like a waiting falcon when it's released it's destined for the skies but until then my heart will go on singing until then with joy I'll carry on until the day my eyes behold the city until the day God calls me When my Jesus I shall see And I look upon his face The one who saved me by his grace When he takes me by the hand And leads me through the promised land What a day, glorious day that will be Until the day my eyes behold the city You're listening to Amazing Grace here on Two People's Radio. Now, we've almost, um, there's not much point in me going any further at this point, so I'm just going to pause and uh, we're going to have our break and uh, we'll speak to you after the break. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show. Welcome back to Amazing Grace here on Manawatu People's Radio. All right, as we start the second half of our program today, I want to just look at what the Bible says about what's happening in the world today. You know, um, some people know, most people know a little bit about the Bible. They know that the Bible does predict things. Um, It does talk about events. It doesn't give the day nor the hour, 
but it does give signs that we know that Jesus' return is imminent and the end of the world is close at hand. And I think, you know, when people talked about this when I was a boy, you know, people were quite um, sceptical. Today, I don't think anyone's sceptical. Everybody knows that something is going on. And, you know, they're not happy about it, but they know that there's something going on behind the scenes. They can't put their finger on it, but they know that the world is not the same as it used to be. So, especially for us who are a little older, who have experienced the world when things were going, well, swimmingly well, you know, there wasn't too many problems, um, and, you know, you could bank on a lot of good things happening, and especially living here in New Zealand. But today, you know, lots of people are not happy. So, <clears throat> what can we glean from the Bible? And I've, I want to just quickly, um, over the next few weeks, look at Matthew 24. And I want to go through it. Now, it's, there is uh, some parallel passages in the Bible. Um, I think it's Mark 13 and Luke 21. And it might also have something in Luke 19. But anyway, we're going to look at Matthew 24, and we're just going to um, work our way very slowly through this. Um, so uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to give you the whole lot in one day. I think it's just too much to take in. Um, but when we look at the setting of Matthew 24, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and previously they had been looking at the temple and saying how wonderful it is. And uh, Jesus says to them uh, that basically that there will not be one stone left upon another. And for them, they just can't see it. They can't believe it. But in AD 70, it definitely happens. The Roman army comes in um, and destroy the city and they completely, not one stone is left upon another, just as Jesus had said some years before. But then he goes on to talk about the signs of the times and the end of the age. Um, and so they asked him, they said, the disciples said to him, tell us when these things will be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age. And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. No one deceives you. <laughs> this world, you know, you used to be able to trust uh, uh I can remember we used to leave our doors open. You know, we'd never never think about locking your doors. Well, you'd never think about not locking your doors these days. Um, and, you know, so that there are people who want to take advantage of us. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to get into um, some of the things that happen through the media. Uh, it's not my place to, to – but not everything that you hear from the media is correct. You know, one day I was talking to a guy who worked for the, um, well, maybe I shouldn't say who he worked for, but, but he worked for a local paper, and we asked him, had he ever told a lie before? Um, and he said, oh, of course I have. I worked for the, the particular paper. And, um, and he said, well, we have to lie. We're told to lie, you know. And look, friends, if you think you're not going to be deceived – um, you're going to be deceived by somebody. Uh, and, and there's lots of ways of being deceived. But Jesus says that deception will be coming 
far more widespread as we get near the, near the end. And he also connects that, that deception with false prophets and false Christs. Um, he says that many will come in my name saying I am the Christ and will deceive many. Now, have we experienced a lot of that? Well, no, but we have experienced some. Um, there's a Filipino guy whose name is, um, oh, what is his name? Um, I've just forgotten, actually. Um, yeah, and he has about three million followers in the Philippines. Uh, his name will come to me. And then there's a guy in a, in in Australia, um, and he apparently is married to Mary Magdalene. And uh, when people are down on their luck, um, they go to it's like a like almost like a spa. Like you go there and you stay and, you know, and and I'm sure that, you know, people who are going through challenges in their life, going off into the country, uh, um, often, you know, miles from anywhere and just relaxing, um, it's got to be a very, um, very profitable thing. But this guy is not Jesus Christ and Neither is the guy in the Philippines. There's a guy in Siberia that says that he is Christ. Um, there's a guy in, well, he's from, where is he from? Puerto Rico. Um, I think he lives in between Mexico and Texas. And uh, his name is Jose uh, Miranda. And he claims to be Jesus Christ. And he's very wealthy too. A lot of people must believe that because they give him a lot of money. <coughs> um, but as we get closer to the end, this is going to become more mainstream. Uh, in New Zealand, there's not too many. Like you know, I've never seen anybody in New Zealand claim to be Jesus Christ. But as we get closer to the end time, this is going to be more common, um, and it's going to come to the point where some people here in New Zealand will be deceived. Um, because of this, what other things can we can we look to as far as end time events are concerned? Um, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Well, you know, I I didn't used to. What is a rumor of a war? But you know, um, there were rumors about the fact that Russia was going to go into Ukraine, um, and finally it happened. Uh, there were there's rumors that uh, China is going to take Taiwan, um, and you know, perhaps that will, or perhaps it won't happen. Who knows? But a lot of countries um, become very boastful about what they're going to do to a smaller country, um, and and sometimes they just use the power that they have to to take over um, other other nations. And sometimes it's just all bluster. Uh, but we can see that the Bible says that there will be wars and rumors of wars. Now, you know, some people might say, well, yeah, there's always been wars. You know, the First World War, Second World War, there was the war with Napoleon, um, Charlemagne. Um, you know, there's always been wars. And that's true, there has. But if you actually go to Google um, or if you find a website that, that deals with the facts of, uh, and I'm not going to give you one because, you know, I don't. I, I want you to find this out for yourself. There's been so many more wars in the last century um, than there was, I think, in like five centuries before that. You know, so the wars in the last century, and 
apparently the wars that have broken out this century, and we're only 22 years into it, is getting very close to the amount, and they reckon by about 2030 that will be up to the amount that we had in the last century. And uh, so for people to say that there's always been wars, and no, that just doesn't wash. Uh, The numbers are far more. Okay, uh, what's the next sign is... um, do not be troubled, Jesus said, for these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines. Okay, there's, there's been lots of famines over the last 50 years. Um, I haven't seen any particular bad ones just in the last couple of years, but um, there have been a number of famines. However, here's one that there has been worldwide, and that's pestilence. And there will be pestilences. Well, friends, you know, who knows where this whole thing with COVID is going to go. I mean, I'm certainly not predicting anything. But um, the Bible says that these things will happen, and more often. And so one would assume that, according to the Bible, it's not going to get too much better. You know, there may be a lull for a period, but... You know, these things are going to continue. Also, earthquakes in various places. Um, We haven't seen a lot of big earthquakes um, recently. We've seen earthquakes, um, but we haven't seen probably any really, really big earthquakes. Um, But when you get to the end of reading about all of these points, all of these points, when they're all happening, so there's lots of wars, uh, wars are happening can, all the time. There's lots of people claiming to be Jesus. Um, there's nation rising against nation. There's famines all around the world. There's pestilences and also earthquakes. When all of these things are happening and they're just getting worse and worse and worse, we know that time is going to be very short. So um, we can only say at this point that time isn't – well, it's getting shorter, but it's not short, short. You know, because all of these things are not all happening like, you know, like the pestilence that's happening at the moment. The earthquakes are not happening to the same degree and and neither are the wars. But if they were, then we could confidently say that, that the second coming would be very close. So when you see all of these things happening all at the same time, that's when you need to be concerned. And so next week uh, or next time I'm on um, – I'm going to look I'm going to look at uh, what other points Matthew 24 state, states uh, and and try and help you through that. If you have any questions look I'll be I'll be happy to answer them. Um, so if you have any questions about this look just contact me either on on the email address uh, also, we'd be happy. You can send your, your questions to the station if you feel more comfortable doing that. And uh, in the past, people have done have done that. But uh, look, we'd be happy for you to um, also to, to email or to text um, questions to us, and we'll I'll certainly answer those for you. heavy laden Feeling like the joy is faded 
just come. Believing everything I told you, here are arms that long to hold you. Just come, come. Leave behind the mask you're hiding. Here is someone to confide in. I know what you've done. Tell me everything you're hoping. The Father loves a heart that's open. Just come. Why didn't I so you could try to save yourself? I know who you are. Don't try to be somebody else. Believing everything I told you, here are arms that long to hold you. Just come, come, come into the joy of living, knowing that your sins forgiven. Just come. So you could try to save yourself. I know who you are. Don't try to be somebody else. You're listening to Amazing Grace here on Matter with Two People's Radio. In our last segment today, uh, we want to read to you, as I promised earlier, that we'd read from the book entitled "The Desire of Ages," which is about the life of Jesus and his ministry. Um, It's a wonderful book, and I know that you would be blessed. Anyway, let me read um, from this book. Behold, said Jesus, I send you forth as sheep into the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and as harmless as doves. Christ himself did not suppress one word of truth, but he spoke it always in love. He exercised the greatest tact and thoughtful kind attention in his intercourse with people. He was never rude, never needlessly spoke a severe word, never gave needless pain to a sensitive soul. He did not censure human weakness. He fearlessly denounced hypocrisy, unbelief and iniquity, but tears were in his voice as he uttered his scathing rebukes. He wept over Jerusalem, the city he loved, that refused to receive him the way, the truth, and the life. They rejected him, the Saviour, but he regarded them with pitying tenderness and sorrow so deep that it broke his heart. Every soul was precious in his eyes, and it still is today. While he has always bore himself with divine dignity, he bowed with the tenderest regard to every member of the family of God. In all men he saw fallen souls whom... It was his mission to save. 
The servants of Christ are not to act out the dictates of the natural heart. They need to have close communion with God, lest under provocation self rise up and they pour forth a torrent of words that are unbefitting, that are not as the dew or still showers that refresh the withering plants. This is what Satan wants him to do, for these are his methods. It is the dragon that is wroth. It is the spirit of Satan that is revealed in anger and accusing. But God's servants are to be representatives of him. He desires them to deal only in the currency of heaven, the truth that bears his own image and superscription. The power by which they are overcome to overcome evil is the power of Christ. The glory of Christ is their strength. They are to fix their eyes upon his loveliness. Then they can present the gospel with divine tact and gentleness. And the spirit that is kept gentle under provocation will speak more effectively in favor of the truth than will any argument, however forceful. Those who were brought into controversy with the enemies of truth have to meet not only men, but Satan and his agents. Let them remember the Saviour's words. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. Luke 10.3 Let them rest in the love of God, and the Spirit will be kept calm, even under personal abuse. The Lord will clothe them with a divine panoply. His Holy Spirit will influence the mind and heart so that their voices shall not catch the notes of the baying of wolves. Continuing his instruction to his disciples, Jesus said, Beware of men. They were not to put implicit confidence in those who knew not God and open to them their counsels, for this would give Satan's agents an advantage. Man's inventions often counterwork God's plans. Those who build the temple of the Lord are to build according to the pattern shown on the mount and the divine solitude. God is dishonored and the gospel is betrayed when servants depend on the counsel of men who are not under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Worldly wisdom is foolish with God. Those who rely upon it will surely err. They will deliver you up to councils, yea, and before governors and kings shall ye be brought for my sake, for a personal, for a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. Matthew ten seventeen and eighteen, Revised Standard Version. Persecution will spread the light. The servants of Christ will be brought before the great men of the world, who, but for this, might never have heard the gospel. The truth has been misrepresented to these men. They have listened to the false charges concerning the faith of the Christ's disciples. Often their only means of learning its real character is the testimony of those who were brought to trial for their faith. Under examination, these are required to answer and their judges to listen to the testimony borne. God's graces will be dispensed to his servants to meet the emergency. It shall be given you, says Jesus, in that same hour what ye shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. 
As the Spirit of God illuminates the minds of his servants, the truth will be presented and its divine power and preciousness. Those who reject the truth will stand to accuse and oppress their disciples, but under loss and suffering, even unto death, the Lord's children are to, to reveal the meekness of their divine example. Thus will be seen the contrast between Satan's agents and the representatives of Christ. The Saviour will be lifted up before the rulers and the people. The disciples were not endowed with the courage and fortitude of the, of the martyrs until such grace was needed. Then the Saviour's promise was fulfilled. When Peter and John testified before the Sanhedrin council, men marveled that they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus, Acts 4.13. Of Stephen it is written, all that sat in the council, looking steadfastly upon him, saw his face as if it had been the face of an angel. Men were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake, Acts 6.15 and 10. And Paul, writing of his own trial, in the court of the Caesars says, At my first defence no one took my part, but all forsook me. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me, that through me the message might be fully proclaimed, and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Second Timothy 4.16 and 17 And unfortunately, friends, we're going to have to leave it just there for today. Uh, because we've just done, unfortunately, we've just run out of time. Um, but look, you know, there's some wonderful thoughts uh, in this book, and I know that you would be very blessed um, to have your own copy. All right, friends, uh, we live in a in a world that is there's no longer stable. Uh, it's a very unstable world that we live in, and. You know, the amazing thing is um, people say today that, you know, where is God when there's war? Where is God when there is death? Where is God when there is cancer? You know, friends, you can ask those questions, but I can give you some good answers. You know, I've seen many of my friends have cancer and been healed by the Lord, many of them. You know, just, well, not just one or two, but many, many people who trust in the power of God, that trust in his healing power, um, have been healed. And, you know, not just by trusting, but also by the prayers of those praying for them. Um, you could say, where is God when all these people are being slaughtered in um, Ukraine? The Bible says that wars will happen. And there will be some uh, people killed who, who are innocent, and that is true. But God works through these ways in mysterious ways. Um, and look, all I can say is what God has done in my life. You know, I turned my back on God, but as soon as I, I turned back to him, he came and helped me and has really been such a wonderful friend to me. And I know that he can be a wonderful friend to you too. You know, there will always be doubts to hang your hat on. Say, well, you know, if there was a God, why did this happen? But look, friends, I can give you the answer to that. But I can also tell you that many people I know have been healed of cancer. Um, I saw a lady one day in Levin uh, when I was pastoring there. She should have died, 
her family, in fact, her daughter was very angry with me because I had, um, well, yeah, I'm not sure I can tell you that whole story now because I'm running out of time, but um, because I had anointed her the day before and she said, look, she doesn't, she doesn't care if she lives or dies now because you've anointed her. Um, and I prayed a special prayer to God that day, not not just for that lady, but for her family, her children, to sh- that God would show them that he loved his mother and he loved them too. And um, I believe one day that they too will think about what God did in that situation and how, because the doctor there just did not expect her to live, basically was saying, prepare for her death, and she lived. Um, but, you know, God can work through many different ways, and so uh, we just need to finish, friends. Um, so let's just pray as we finish. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to share, and I just pray for all of the listeners and their families. Pray for your blessing upon them, asking this in Jesus' name. Amen. So from all of us here at Amazing Grace, we pray that you will grow in grace. May the love of the Father, the grace of the Lord Jesus, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. 